You look handsome. Thank you. Are you moonlighting as a private eye? You know, <clears throat> there's a lot of authority that derives from a mustache. I haven't been clean shaven on my chin in years. It's been a while. So here's what's happened. It instantly aged, like reduced your age. Yeah, because I don't have white. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then somehow you seem more worldly and wise. I know. I look like a Bond villain. You think so? No. No. I was just trying to I wouldn't say a Bond villain. They always have mustaches. No, you look like you look like um you look like a Chicago police detective who's seen a thing or two. Yeah. I've seen a thing or two. Can you do you can probably do a Chicago accent? What is a Chicago accent? It's I I can't do it. I it's kind of a blend of Wisconsin, you know? Yeah. And New York. That's the way I I don't know how to do that. No. You should learn. I'll work on And maybe if you could find a trench coat. Yeah. Like the fugitive. All the police in that movie. They all have mustaches and trench coats. Right. Yeah. You know, and they actually pulled um, Chicago locals for, they- for like those police. There's there are a couple of um, a couple of actors who only play Chicago cops. And they're Chicago natives. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How it's do a great I know that? Movie. Yeah, um, I was wondering the same thing. How do you know that? Um, I I don't know how I know it. I just do. Are you the guy that watches like the when you watch a movie you like thing you watch the like hour long thing on how they made it? No, I don't care about how they made it. That ruins the magic of it. Yeah, I want to believe it's just real, right? And we just have eyes into it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't get over it. I know. What uh, led you to this? <laughs> and I'm not. No. I want you to know I am fully supportive of it. In fact, no, it's, I, as soon as I saw you, I wanted to go yeah. take this down. The reason that I didn't instantly go shave is that apparently my wife likes this. I can't figure it out. See, I'm the opposite. My wife wants me clean shaven. Yes. And I refuse. So this is the meat in the middle? Because she, <laughs> she wants me clean shaven, but it's like, honey, by the afternoon, you hate it. Because I'm right. stubbly and I'm sandpaper mm-hmm. and I'm not going to shave twice a day. I'm not even going to shave once a day. Like, that's a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And so, no, uh, <clears throat> what was it? Friday, I was home with the kids and I had, I was all bushy, you know, like mm-hmm. beard. And, and uh, so Delaney asked if she could shave, like just trim me. Really? Know? I was like, yeah. So she, she trimmed me into uh Handlebars. <laughs> so every handlebars were, were thick and full, and then everything else was just trimmed, but it wasn't like clean shaven, you know? Yes. And I was like, I can't go around like that. And so I just trimmed it into a mustache and went Sunday with the mustache, but with fur still right. on the sides. Right. Yeah. And so this morning I got up and I was like, I need to trim again. You know what? I'm just going to clean shave it. Did your wife see you this morning? Oh, yeah. She did. I came out of the bedroom and I said, mm-hmm. hey, hon, I must stash you a question. <laughs> and she said, ooh, let me touch. And she, like, touched the sides. Here? Yeah. And she was like, you missed a spot. <laughs> you can grow a pretty good mustache. 
I'll, yeah. I think, I think you need to be um, M4K 2024 grower next May. Yeah. I mean, if you could grow a mustache like that, that's pretty, that's full and rich. And yeah, but they can't trim, right? The guys what do you that, mean? like, you can't trim it. No. You just have to let the mustache go. Yeah, for a month. Yeah, see, I can't do that. Really? Because if you, if you get close, which I'm not saying I want you to do, but my hairs, my hairs start to bend out yes. and up. And so, like, one, like, if I let this go for a month, I would have, like, <clears throat> it would look like crazy town. They, they go all directions. Prove it. Well, I guess I could, I could, don't they have that, like, beard wax or whatever? Yeah. See, I've never done that. Yeah. I bet I could make it go down. Yeah. You can tame it. Yeah. I think you should. It's for the kids. It is for the kids. See, I don't, I look like a criminal if I try to grow a mustache in a month. Like, it's not good. Real bad. Yeah. Are you envisioning it right now? I'm trying to. Yeah. Hmm. Look like right now. It's not this. This, right. this isn't a month. <laughs> no. This is six months, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's real bad. So, not gonna do that. Uh, <clears throat> how was your weekend? Uh, it was all right. We got a sick kid at home, so that kind of puts a damper on the weekend. One of you. Yeah, you should. Which one? Hudson. With? Together. Uh, fever. And uh, it's making him throw up. So I wouldn't say it's a stomach bug. He, like, every three hours, you'll look over at him. Two, three hours. And be like, you're not feeling good, are you, bud? And his eyes are all watery and... And we'll check his temperature. Mm-hmm. It's like 102.5, you know, and you're like, ah, oh. you know. And then he'll be like, I don't feel good. And we're like, all right. He goes Go to the it. bathroom. He, I didn't, <clears throat> he hasn't thrown up since first day. It's been like three days now. Okay. But he'll go to the bathroom and like not feel great. And in about five minutes it passes. And his temperature's back down to like 99. Mm-hmm. It's like, it like that for three days. He'll just like spike a fever for a second. Feel real sick, and then he's good. But yeah, the first day he was throwing up when he felt sick, but he's not doing He's eating. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, Joe, we got, we got him a ton of sleep last night, but um, she just checked him this morning, and he's warm again. So Yeah, poor kid. Yep. Yeah, he's supposed to have surgery on Friday. I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh. So. Yeah, he'd probably be okay by then. I mean, it's only Tuesday. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. We had a puker last night too. Oh, Different hey. reason. Yeah. Kayla has, uh, whenever she eats something that's cross contaminated, you know, with her allergy, food allergy, Oh. her body just completely rejects it, which is great. You know? So we went to Dairy Queen in, uh, Lakeside. Yeah. Which that's, Kind of a dump. It's a total dump. Have you looked inside? Yes. At we the went floor inside. And, oh, yeah. And I was like, and not only that, but <laughs> we were met with, can I get you? I was like, uh, 
peanut butter parfait. Next, what else? Like exasperation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this isn't fun. No. No. Yeah, we've gone to that one before and gone through the drive-thru, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can, like, look into the back. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, the floor's, like, disgusting and stuff. And I was like, mm. <clears throat> not like your ice cream is on the floor, but y- you want it to be made in a clean place. Well, and even, like, all of the the toppings, you know, yeah. like the toppings containers, they did not, it did not look good. Yeah. It didn't look good. So, yeah, so she... Because she's allergic to nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she had a few bites of her ice cream, and she goes, I don't feel very good. Oh, boy. That quick. Yeah. Yep. Wow. We had that happen one other place recently. Um, <laughs> she got she got a, a drink. Um, I won't say what kind of drink, and I won't say where. but And um, we got to go, and we are in the car. She's like, oh. I don't feel good. And pull over the side of the road. So that's no fun. It's no fun, but I'm, I'd rather be that way than, yeah. than it take her to the, you know, to the hospital for, for whatever. So, so. kids, <clears throat> am I right? Yeah. We've got an extra one running around here. Kayla's bedroom is right above ours. And whenever she wants to have kids spend the night, we're like, like on a work night, you mm-hmm. know, it's like you can, but, yeah, yeah, and they respect it, right? She says, "No problem. Don't worry about it." Let me just read back my text messages to her last night. <laughs> Eleven twelve. So I was sound asleep, mm-hmm. and then I was awakened. Okay, <laughs> which like it's not a big deal. It's not as big of a deal for me, but Sarah gets really, really disturbed, upset. So, mm-hmm. um. 11, 12 p.m., I said, enough with the noise. And I followed that up with, I'm very serious. <laughs> you know why she didn't take you serious? You don't have a mustache. a mustache. You, you shave that thing into a mustache? Yeah. You say, be quiet? Yeah. Yes, sir. You think so? Yes, sir, Mr. Bressman. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's the kind of response I want. Yeah. No, they kind of like look at me like, yeah, <laughs> she takes me serious. It's the youngest two that don't. Yeah. So that's it. That's all. Got a call from Logan yesterday. He said, you're not going to believe what just happened. What happened? Got in an accident. <laughs> no. Again? <laughs> yes. He's like, I'm okay. And it wasn't my fault. Like, all right. What happened? Rear-ended or? Yeah, you got rear-ended on the interstate. That can get dangerous. I know. That's what I said. He's like, I was watching her in my rear view, and I, she was too close the whole time. I knew she was too close, and then she just wasn't paying attention. And So he brake-checked her? Yeah. He's, he's like, watch this. <laughs> and then he got out. He was like, my brain. Yeah. Oh. And he called his attorney. Did you coach him through that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's get college paid for. Son. That's right, boy. Let's go. Okay, he still needs a car. Poor kid. So yeah, how about this car? Um, so it's his grandmother's car. He's driving. Um, just a, just a bruise. Okay. But. Mm. 
Yep. So I think we're just going to wrap him in bubble wrap and ship him off to college with that one. Yeah. Get him a scooter. It was a good Sunday. We said goodbye to some of the college kids. I know. That was <laughs> hard. That's hey. a, this is a, this, this class, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a special class for Grace Hill. Yeah. Because a lot of these kids were some of the first kids at Grace Hill. Yeah. You know? And uh, so for seven years, they've been part of the family and, um, and they've been very involved. Some, some key, key kids in yeah. this class. And um, you recognize Delsa, you know, but yeah, there's quite a number of them that are really, it's going to be a big loss to our church I as they all is. head out. But we've hopefully as a church done our job and mm-hmm. equip them and get them ready for what they're doing next. So I'll say this. It's a very, it's a very mature class, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's like the class that, you know, you send them off and you don't have as much concern That's about it. their next steps or decisions. Mm-hmm. And don't you feel that way? Yeah. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that hasn't been the case in, in, in years past, but but uh, and I'm and not just because Logan's a part of this, but you know, like this is a it's a good class. It's of kids a really good with class. a good head on their shoulders. Yeah, good future leaders. Not that, I mean, they're still kids. They're going to make their mistakes in college. Um, not that we want them to, mm-hmm. but but they are. They're, it's a really good class. Yeah, it's going to be a big loss in our our youth group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, big uh, loss for us and big gain for for wherever they're they're off to. Yeah, but I know. saw a couple mamas coming out of church all teary eyed. I know that was oh, I was well, like I I know I'm going to be a mess when oh yeah when I drive the the kids to school and drive away. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I felt a little bit of like I was just recognizing Elsa, you know, and and I know Caroline's really. Yeah, her sister struggling yep. with it, and uh, yeah, I'm glad we did it at the end, yeah, of service and not the beginning <laughs> because mm-hmm. that might have been that might have yep. been too much for her. But yeah, she's she's a, she's an awesome kid, gonna do great things. I talk about future leaders, you know, like oh, these are the future leaders. These are actual like they're leaders now. Oh yeah, these kids are these kids are already leaders, and wherever they go, they're gonna have opportunity to influence. Um, yeah. Uh, with their with their faith and just their maturity, so mm-hmm. got a couple. I mean, more it's what up. you want as a pastor. You know, you you get a youth group going, and uh, you know the parents are the primary role models in their family and mm-hmm. and in their lives and stuff. But as a pastor and as a, a church, like you want to be up there on that list of molding and shaping them into who they want to be and who they're called to be and. Um, it it is neat to kind of have that feeling too as you send them out like all right baby bird like go like do some things mm-hmm. i can't wait to see what you're going to do and there is you know there there are kids you know they they they're grace hills kids too you know and um and yeah it's it's uh it's exciting to see what they're going to do i i really can't wait for the next couple of years to see um what what a handful of these kids, like we have a couple in college already too, that I'm just like, that kid's gonna, that kid's gonna do some stuff. Yeah. You know, like they are, they are awesome. So how, how um, hard is it for you to not um, push, push them into ministry? Some of them, you know, you're like, you know what? 
Um, you would be a great pastor. I, you would be a great DCE. You'd be great, you know, youth. I know. I I probably haven't pushed as hard as I should have, actually. Um, there's been, you know, uh, a handful that I've said that to. That I re- I'm like, I really think you should. Um, and all of them have to a person said like, Oh no, I know. I really want to do this. I really want to be a lawyer. I really want to be a doctor. I really want to be these things. You know, I'm like, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there's definitely some of them that I'm like, Psh, you would crush it in mm-hmm. ministry. Um, and, uh, but it's a calling. I mean, that's the hard part because that's yeah. a, okay. So, so person a, you know, they want to go be a lawyer. Okay. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to be a significant leader at their church one day. Yeah. Like board member, uh, you know, doing, I mean, like we have lawyers at our church that do everything for us, you know, for free and, you know, out of, Hey, this is how I can contribute to my yeah. church. And it's huge that we don't have to pay legal fees for some of the stuff that they, that they help us with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I mean, that's such a body of Christ kind of thing. Like, this is my skill set. This is what I bring mm-hmm. to the church. Um, and so, I mean, just because they're not going into the ministry itself doesn't mean they're not going to be significant to the ministry of a church. But yeah, I, I would, I would like to see somebody hop into the ministry. Uh, and, um, there's one or two I'm still tagged as, as like, I really think you would be a great pastor one day. I really think you'd be a great youth leader one day. Um, and you know, I did, I, I went into college with a mindset of what I was going to do. And within two years that fell apart and that might be for some of these kids. They go in thinking this is what I want to do. And then they kind of see that that's not what they want and come back and they're like, I don't know what to, well, how about that ministry thing? You know? So it's still out there, but, um, I, yeah, I probably could have pushed a little harder for some of them, but I've put it out there to some of them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's no doubt the church needs it. I mean, it's, it's getting bleak out there across the nation. Yeah. Um, for for ministry workers, just the amount of them and the quality. Um, the the churches we're gonna we're gonna be in dire straits soon. Um, if it keeps going on this trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Only God knows. Yeah. Right. We can just continue to. To pour into them and encourage them and yeah. teach them and help raise them up and, and, uh, and, uh, know that, that the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. You know? So what's coming up for Grace Hill? We got some stuff going on, don't we? Always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, you know, August as school starts back up, we, we, uh, towards the end of the month, start back up with with all of our fall um, activities. We got small groups that are starting back up here um, towards the end of the month. So if you're not in a small group, you have a chance to get in one. If you are in one already, you know, like I'm sure you're looking forward to getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our, uh, on our anniversary weekend, um, we have a park day coming up 
that that's going to be exciting. Just everybody coming out and celebrating seven years of Grace Hill. Uh, i got a golf tournament coming up, which proceeds go towards the youth group. That's on October 8th. And so start putting together a team. It's at Pacific Springs. Um, that course is so interesting. Too. I like it. It's like two different courses. Mm-hmm. The front nine and back nine. Yeah. Like, and that, I think that's what makes it so interesting is, um, you know, the front nine is so kind of narrow yeah, throw and, darts. and wooded and, mm-hmm. and then you get to the back nine, it's wide, wide open, open with houses everywhere, you know? And yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would be fun mm-hmm. on October 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the, uh, the baseball night. Uh, you can't sit with us, but you can still go. But I think, I think she said we sold 160 tickets. What? Oh yeah. There's going to be wow. a Grace Hill party, man, Goodness. at the Storm Chaser game. <clears throat> well, Crowder's going to play afterwards if you don't know Christian music, mm-hmm. okay? But if you do, like, Crowder is a huge... I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, like, Crowder, I, I think he could do better than a baseball game. You know, what do you say to that? Why, why do you diminish... I'm, I'm not <clears throat> diminishing... I just, do, of course he can do better than a the baseball man, game. That's what he does. Well, I... Okay. Yeah. That's hey, right. Last year was Corey Asbury. Remember? No. I like Corey Asbury. Yeah. I mean, could, would you say that he could do better than a baseball game? Yeah, he could. Yeah. It poured, by the way. Did it? Yeah. I didn't even think of that. The weather? Yeah, it rained. They had to pull all the amplifiers back. And he's like, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> the show must go on. Huh. Yeah. That'll be fun. I got to miss it. It's my, it's my mother's 75th birthday. Oh. On Friday. So we're celebrating Saturday. We teased Aaron last week at staff meeting because his mom loves him so much. And Why would you tease so... somebody about their mother loving them? Because it was adorable. Your thing. daughters were making fun of you. Mocking me, yeah. Yeah. That's what they do. So it was me standing with your daughters and your mother. Yes. Outside of church. And your daughters were mocking you and making fun of your hairline and making fun of right. him. And your mom, it was the most adorable thing. She mm-hmm. was just like, he is the most handsome boy. Oh, no. he, is, Your dad is so... And I right. was just like, I love this. Yeah. I love this. That's the dichotomy of my life. <laughs> so, yeah. So, at staff, we were making fun of him. But, oh, your mommy thinks you're she so does. handsome. She thinks I'm special. She thinks, <laughs> she thinks you're the best musician ever. That's right. Yeah. Handsome. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Talented. Yeah. The whole package. You are. Say. Yeah. It's always good to have your mama in your corner. It is because it helps battle those, you know, and the she lies. listens to the podcast. She yeah. listens to the podcast. That's yeah. right. Happy almost 75th mom. Yeah. Can you believe that woman's almost 75 years old? No. no. She looks great. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. She had, so she does this thing called uh, Christmas in August. She told me about that. Did she yeah. tell you? Yeah. yeah. So she had my daughters on Sunday and Monday. And they do Christmas stuff. They watch Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. They have snowball fights. They mm-hmm. sing Christmas carols. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, youth groups coming up. Yeah, youth well. groups kicking off. Yeah, uh, they got the big kickoff at the end of August mm-hmm. as well, and then right after uh, Labor Day, it's every week. Yeah. So middle school and high school. Yeah. Um, so My that'll be are fun. Stoked. Oh yeah. Kayla's like, I can't wait. Cool. I was like, What are you most excited about? She's like, I can't wait to invite my friends. Awesome. I know. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. And school starts up. Yes, it does. Yep. yep. Next week, right? Uh, next Wednesday. Yeah. A mm-hmm. week. Well, yeah, a week. So Lots hopefully going on. for those of us at Concordia, hopefully it's ready. <laughs> yeah. John Henney. He's, he's got it. He's working hard. He'll get it done. <laughs> I believe in him. Uh, what's up with our building? 
Uh, the latest with our building, the road is supposed to be done at the end of September. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you drive by, yeah, it's already like all dirt. Like they've already carved it out and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what takes a month, but <laughs> I, I know I'm going to have that pessimistic attitude the Dude, entire time. You should show up with that mustache. I, I would get things and done. Hat yeah. And a vest. All right. Get that tractor over and there. some plans. Do that thing. Because you know from the podcast that I know so much about <laughs> equipment. And then uh, we actually have a meeting here this afternoon. Yes. Um, 12? 30? 12.30. Uh, but I believe October 1 is the start date for the... So like as soon as the road's done, mm-hmm. they're going to start doing the dirt work and, and all that. And... Uh, um, Try and get the steel up and stuff like that before winter and mm. and all that, so they can start doing stuff. So, yeah. I, I, like I said, I we have a meeting today, um, so we'll hear more. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting, and it we're is. we're going for it. And the um, the building will, uh, I think, we'll know like all the final every single detail mm-hmm. here within the next like month. Yeah. And so we'll be able to show that to the church. Like this is, we've counted every screw, every faucet. <laughs> like this is exactly how much it'll be to the dollar. Cause you gotta, you gotta tell the church that, you know, like, but I don't think we have that exact number yet. Right. I think it's like, they said we're like 90% there mm-hmm. or whatever. There's still a couple decisions to make. And, um, then yeah, we present that to the church. We vote, we go yeah. and they get, they get crack-a-lacking. That's right. Got to yeah. make, make room for the people. Yeah. It's been, yeah, a, it's been, been a busy summer. It's been, yeah. We've been growing like crazy throughout yeah. the summer. So that's the next piece is the staff gets to talk today about <laughs> how, do we, how do we accommodate mm-hmm. the, the growth, which is a good problem to have, yeah. but it is a problem. It's a challenge. It's well, a challenge. it's okay. I hired um, uh, just like a temporary staff. Is that okay that I did that? I hired a temporary staff. For, yeah. Uh, for Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, basically, this person's about 6'10", 285. Um, stands at the door. Yeah. And for any long-term Grace Hill members, stands at the door about 9.20 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any long-term Grace Hill members that uh, are approaching the door, he just says, your yeah. name's not on the list. Yeah. So come back at 11. Yeah. We, I mean, that that's most likely the first thing we're going to do is talk to our long-term people at mm-hmm. 930 and be like, hey, can you please consider 8 or 11? Yeah. And with the mustache, they're going to listen. That's right. They're going to be like, okay, Mr. Bell. Yeah. I was going to listen to you before, <clears throat> but now. <laughs> now that you have a mustache, I will consider 8 or 11. I think this is good. Actually, it's, your sermons are going to hit a lot heavier with the mustache. You think so? Yeah. Although... You're not preaching Sunday, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not preaching this Sunday. Can Brady... Pull off a mustache? Yeah. I'm sure he can. We can put a fake one on if you can't grow one. (laughs) Michael Scott. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) speaking of sermons. Yes. Yeah. I started a new series. We did. And and I'm excited about this. Um, uh, You know, it's one of those things, I've said this before, I set up these sermons a year in advance, you know. Um, and, uh, I was just like, you know, we really need to, I had read that book by Craig Rochelle. If you, if you go into our, 
I never can say this word, vestibule. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some books up there that the sermon series is based off of. And I read the Craig Groeschel one like two years ago. And uh, I was like, you know, we really ought to do a series on mental health. You know, it's huge. And, you know, and I thought he came up with some stuff. And then, you know, I read a couple more as we got ready for this series. Um, and uh, but it's one of those things. Until I get into the week of, I don't really know what I got. You know, I have in my head like some topics and some, you know, framework of what I want to say. Um, but but this week really was one of those that like the more I wrote it out and the more I got it, I was like, man, this is so important. Like this is just so huge uh, for for our people. Like this mindset change in these the in in, in all three weeks to come. It's going to be, I think if you, if you really take it to heart, <clears throat> it, it can really, really change your, your attitude and your outlook and, and your mental health. Mm-hmm. If you really put these things into practice, um, which, you know, as a pastor, that's the hard part is like, you can lead a horse to water, you know, but like, and and the Bible says that too. And the book of James talks about don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. You know, like it, it it's so it's a good thing to be in church. It's a good thing to hear the messages. It's a good thing, you know. And but like if you really work on some of these things, it, it could really significantly impact your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see Jesus' work and power if you really commit to these things. And so, like I I just as we were reading, it's so true. That, you know, the, the things you think shape who you are. And, and that's true in so many areas of your life. You know, like the politics shapes who you are. The, the way you look at, you know, your health and your fitness, you know, shapes who you are. And even mentally, the, the things you think shape who you are. And uh, I love the line, and I forget which book it was in. But it said... 10 years from now, you're going to look in the mirror and the person looking back at you is going to be shaped by the thoughts you have right now. So do you like the direction your thoughts are taking you? And for some, or maybe even a lot of people, they look in and they're like, no, like, I don't, I don't want 10 more years of me being like this in my head. Like that would, that doesn't sound fun, you know? Um, and so that's where it comes into like, look, this week we talked about that you're believing a lot of lies. There are things that just aren't true that you are choosing to believe and what, what you choose to believe, even if it's a lie will affect you as if it's true, even if it's a lie. And so the first one that we looked at was the, the lie of I'd be happier if, you know, and, and Satan is trying to get you to do that. Satan is always pointing out, well, look at their life, look at their life, look at their life. And the big question is, if in your head all the time you keep hearing the voice and saying, I'd be happier if I had their life. Mm-hmm. I'd be happier if I had their spouse. I'd be happier if I had their money. I'd be happier if I had their, like, and then you ask yourself the question, do you think that's coming from Jesus? And I think as soon as you ask that question, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Because you come back and you go, no, Jesus would never talk like that. Jesus would never be like, hey, Aaron, you'd be so much happier if you had that and that and that and that. Like Jesus is like, no, I've given you all you need. And I'm going to teach you to be content with what you have. 
And, and so if we're not listening to Jesus, if that's not Jesus, then who are we listening to? What we're listening is Satan. And Satan is the one that's getting us to be discontent. Satan is the one that's teaching us to covet. Satan's the one doing these things. And we're clinging to and we're listening to these, these thoughts. And it's shaping our lives as if they're true. And there are so many people that are miserable in this world because they have convinced themselves, I mean, just absolutely convinced themselves that um, that thing over there is the answer to my problems. <clears throat> and I can't get it. So I'm never going to be happy. And that's a miserable way to live. Um, cause you, you've convinced yourself it's all you need. And yet God doesn't want that for you. God actually knows that that's not what you need, that that's going to be destructive to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I've said that all the time. Do I have, do I have earthly desires of things? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, do, are there times where I've convinced myself if I had more money, I'd be happier? Absolutely. Other times that I've convinced myself if I was better looking or better at this or more athletic or, you know, all these kinds of things that I'd be happier. Absolutely. Uh, uh, There are plenty of times that I've convinced myself if I had their life or if I had their blessing or if I had their, I would be happier. And the truth is, is no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. And, And the reality is, is I know myself well enough. Um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, at the end of the month, Joe and I are like, oh man, you know, where'd the money go? You know, like we don't have enough in our savings. We don't have enough in our, you know, like we, we have that bill still, you know, that we need to, um, you know, keep paying down and, you know, like patent surgery and stuff like that. And, and it's like, man, if we had, if we had 20,000 more dollars, our life would be so much better. And no, it wouldn't, you know what we would do if we had 20,000 more dollars? We'd spend it on, we, we, we'd be in the same boat. Yeah. There'd be, there'd be other you know? stuff. Cause once you have more, you're like more relaxed about yeah. it, you know? And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We can do that trip sure. and we can do this and we can do this. And, and then you're in the same boat. Like it, it's not the answer to the problems that you think it is. Yeah. And if you're going to spend your whole life chasing after, I'd be happier if, and convincing yourself of that, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw this quote. Uh, go ahead from C.S. Lewis, I read it this week, and uh, he was great. He said, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. That's the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. Yeah, that was followed up with, he posted, or he didn't post. Right. That'd be pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) From his account. From his account. Yeah. Five lies we tell ourselves that keep us from God's best. And, and you, the thing that just kept resonating with me uh, from your sermon was, you know, these things that we tell ourselves, is that from Jesus? Would Jesus say, is that Jesus saying right. that to you? Of course not. That's ridiculous. When you, when you put it into that context. It's a game changer. Uh, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, it's not Jesus. Then, who then is where's it? it coming from? You know? Right. Um, yeah. There, there were... You know, I, I desperately wanted my my daughters to to take yeah. in that sermon and and hear um, exactly that because 
Um, Especially the third one when you get to I'm not enough. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like I was, I was surprised by who, who all that impacted, yeah. but especially I wanted those, those young ladies to hear yeah. that. Oh yeah. Cause that's what I hear all the time in youth group. Yeah. And so, so yeah, getting to those, uh, the second lie, there's no hope, you know, and this is the person that's like, you know, um, I'm never going to get better. It's never mm-hmm. going to get you know, fixed. Uh, this is all you know, like, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's ever going to change. I'm never going to get the answers or, you know, the, our, our marriage is done or, you know, like whatever it is. And once again, you ask that question, does that sound like Jesus? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't sound like Jesus then who are you listening to? Mm-hmm. And you need to call that out because the, the phrase that I loved, um, and once again, I forget which book it came out of, but you, you cannot change something you do not confront. Yeah. That, that one sentence has so much power Yeah. because if you are hearing that voice, you've got to confront it and ask that question. Does that sound like Jesus? Mm -hmm. Is Jesus the one going, yep, give up? Nope. Nothing can change. Nope. There is no hope. No, you're listening to Satan because Jesus, there's always hope and Jesus. There's, it's never over. If you woke up with breath in your lungs, he can radically change your life that day. And he's telling you, I got you. He's mm-hmm. telling you, I'm with you. You know, we talked about Psalm 23 that he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. not even though I take you to the valley of shadow of death, I walk through it, mm-hmm. that we're going to get through it and we're going to come out the other side. And Jesus, there's always hope. And Jesus says, it's never over. And if you're believing that lie, it is going to ruin your life. Because mm-hmm. how many people walk around saying, I'm not even going to try. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. Yeah. And, and, you know, the reality is a lot of people take their lives because of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lack of hope, I think, is probably the biggest. Right. The biggest. Um, and so don't, don't tell me that these lies don't have impacts. Yeah. People take their lives over these things. Yeah. And so we, we've got to confront that. We've got to call that out. When you hear that voice over and over, mm-hmm. you've got to say, this is not from Jesus. Shut up. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to you. You know? I think, so. I think there's something about that saying it out loud. Yeah. Giving actual voice to it, right. saying it out loud, saying, you know, whatever the lie happens to be, whatever, like when you wake up, I deal with it on the daily in oh, this yeah. house um, of, you know, I'm, I'm not in good enough shape. Yeah. Um, I, I'm never going to get there. I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not, uh, nobody likes me. It's yeah. like all this kind of stuff, you know, that, that goes on there. And it's like, if you just say that out loud, don't just like internalize it. You get up and look in the mirror and you start thinking about all these negative things that you see from your own perspective. If you say it out loud, man, it sounds, not only does it sound ridiculous and very untrue, yeah. but it's, it's also, um, uh, I think, how do I want to put this? It's very um, stark. Well, when you're saying out loud, thinking about if you're saying this to your God, yeah, right, who made you, yeah, that nobody likes me, or you know, like well, I, it's just ridiculous. I want to piggyback off that. So I, I was watching this documentary on the Unabomber, mm-hmm. and he, interestingly, he had an IQ higher than Albert Einstein. He Albert Einstein was like 171, and he's 175, and so when he was a freshman at Harvard. Um, Ted Kaczynski, uh, 
he got signed up. He signed up for this um, program where they interviewed them, had them share like all of their uh, deepest, darkest fears of themselves, weaknesses, like all this kind of stuff. Right. And then every day for three years, they made them listen to a recording of people they know saying all those things about them. Every day. And they want to see the impact of this negative talk. (laughs) And then he turns out being the Unabomber. You know, they basically Harvard created this, you know, evil genius. Um, Yeah. But, uh, but even you know, the study itself, like other people, I mean, it was, it was horrific for everybody involved. And so, you know, the, the power of our negative self-talk is, is catastrophic to our, our mental health, you know? And so we, we've got to fight against it. And and that really leads into the, the third one, which was, I'm not enough. And I think this one is so prevalent. You know, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not, you know, and we, and then we, we get this very defensive posture. We get this me against the world. Nobody will like me, you know, any new circumstance. I'm I'm not going to make any friends, you know? And so we go into everything with this pessimistic, defensive wall up attitude of, I'm going to preemptively not, I'm going to preemptively reject you before you could ever reject me. And we do this in relationships and stuff. And this, this attitude of I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. And once again, does that come from Jesus? Is that how Jesus talks Mm -hmm. about you? And, and we have to call this out. We have to call this out because it destroys people and it destroys relationships and it destroys, um, mental health and it destroy you know, like it absolutely crushes people. We have to fight against it. We have to call it out. We have to say, this is what God says. This is how valuable I am. This is how loved I am. God did not make you to hate you. God made you to feel his love. You know, believers have a responsibility as well. Um, to not buy into that. Right. Uh, because people look to Christians, um, those who, who believe in Jesus, who follow Jesus, in a couple of different ways. Number one, um, there's that expectation that we've got it a little more together. Right. You know, and, and we're not going to be self-destructive. Um, there should be evidence of God's power in your life. Yeah, for sure. So people look to believers for um for that strength but on the other side there are people who look uh you know hypocritically at it and say oh okay so you're so faith-filled and and you love jesus and all that but then why you know why are you such a wreck right you know why do you do these things why do you say these things i mean there's a responsibility um that that not only that we that we halt the lies to ourselves uh, but then live up to the expectations of uh, of who God created us to be. You know, Logan, listening to the first sermon, you know, you got to the point that, you know, the lie is that you are not enough. He's like, he like started to take issue with it, you know. And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> Just like listen to where he's going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and because how he initially viewed that was, no, you're good enough. You're good enough just the way you are. Right. I'm like, no, that's not what he's saying. Right. Um, 
but in us, you know, God has created um, not only us, created us in his image, um, but has blessed us with, with abilities and skill. And, and, yeah. and, and um, so, you know, to, just to, to piggyback on that, you know, we do have a responsibility to, um, to work harder, to, to grow, to develop, to. Yeah. And, and spiritually, like, like you were saying with Logan, yeah, we're, we're not saying like, oh, you're a good person. And you know, like, like that's not, um, because those things aren't true. We have to, we have to hold that balance of, we are sinners. Mm -hmm. We are, we do mess up. But when we are constantly the one telling ourselves, you're not pretty enough. You're, you're not skilled enough. You'll never do this. You, you know, like that God calls out as sin. Yeah. And that's the big thing that we have to catch. You can sin against you. Mm-hmm. And God, like people are like, well, the sins that God's going to hold me accountable are against others, against others. Yeah. And God's like, no, I, I call that sin too. And I know so many Christians that do not consider this sin. They just say, oh, the, you know, I believe in Jesus and I love Jesus. But all these lies they cling to, they say to themselves, yeah. and, and they struggle. And we got to fight against them. Yeah. And the last one is the, um, the lie of I'm all alone. You know, nobody cares. I'm all alone. Nobody's here to help me. Nobody, you know, like, and it's like, that's, that's such an affront to God. Because mm-hmm. God goes, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm there. I put people in your life. I surround you. Stop with this attitude of you're all alone and nobody cares. And, you know, like you have me and I'm enough and I'm going to put people in your life around you. I'm going to put a church around you. I'm going to put, you know, like if you follow me and cling to me, I'm going to put people around you to love you and support you. Um, And so, you know, when you look at the totality of all these, um, you know, I ended it with saying, look, if you heard your little kid walking around the house saying these things out loud, what would you say? You, you would, not only would you stop them and say, don't say those things it, bigger than don't say those things. You would say, I don't want you to think these things about yourself. And God hears every thought in your head and it breaks his heart as he sits there and goes, child, don't think those things. Don't believe those things. Why are you clinging to these lies? Well, I'm, I'm not enough and I'm all alone and, and you know, it's hopeless and you know, like all this kind of stuff. Like God's like, stop. You, you wouldn't be happier. You, you're not alone. It's not hopeless. You, you are enough. You're not you're like, stop saying these things to yourself because it's, you're living as if they're true. Mm-hmm. You're believing them even though they're lies and you're, you're living them as if they're true. And I'll I'll be honest, there's multiple of those that I I do every day. And I think everyone kind of maybe even has a pet peeve one or a pet, a pet lie of those that they cling to more than the others. Mm -hmm. Some cling to all of them. And, you know, that's the thing, you know, as your pastor, as you come in there on a Sunday, um, I can say everything that God says. I can do every. If you're going to keep doing this, it's never going to have, God is never going to have the impact in your life that, that he wants mm-hmm. to, if you're going to keep, keep clinging to the lies of Satan in your life. Yeah. God is never going to get the foothold he deserves. Well, what are some things that, that, you know, because 
I think the people who are stuck in that, yeah, and that circular self talk, you know, yeah. those lies. Um, it's one thing to say, "Hey, you can stop believing that." Right. It's not true. It's not true. It's not right. true. Right. But people who spend a lot of time in their own heads, um, you know, what what are th- some things that they can do to break out of that pattern, to break out of that circle? I think there's a couple things I would suggest. One, um, prayer. That you cannot change what you do not confront. (laughs) And to to sit there and say, God, I am confessing this sin. I keep saying this to me. And repentance means not I'm sorry. Repentance means 180. Mm -hmm. It it literally means about face. That's what the word repentance means. God... I want to do an about face. I want to do a 180. God, help me stop saying these things to myself. God, help me um, not to believe these things about myself. God, I'm calling out this sin, and I'm admitting it is sin, and I am sorry for it. And God, I'm asking you to help me. Number two, you got to confront them when they happen. When you hear that, you got to say, Satan, leave me alone. Satan, shut up. You know, Luther had... Horrific things that he said towards Satan in his reading in his writings, you know, it was hysterical. But he would he would write down like, I mean, he would cuss out Satan, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, eat poop and die, you know, like kind of stuff, you know. And um, he he would say those kinds of things, Satan. And we need to be number two. We need to confront him when they happen. Mm-hmm. Number three, we have to surround ourselves with truth. Yeah. If you don't have the truth side of this, well, I'm not alone because. Boom. You ought to have two or three Bible verses that you can rattle off in your head. And that's where Brady's going to go this week is how important repetition is. Yeah. Repetition is massive. Um, And that you ought to have two or three Bible verses ready of I am an uh, or or, I am loved by God Mm -hmm. Um, of uh, I am not alone mm-hmm. of, you know, there is always hope, you know, like you ought to have these Bible verses ready to, to counter him. Um, and then I think some type of accountability person that you can talk through these things that, yeah. with, that can pull you out of a rut that can, when you don't have the power to say these things to yourself, you have given them an inside track of your mind mm-hmm. and you can go to them and be like, I'm here because I'm losing. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will insert those things inside you. You are this. That is not true. This is, you know, like, and just ground you back to reality. Yeah. I think those are the the healthy things that you need to put in your life. Yeah, for sure. What yeah. would you suggest? Well, I think the, the, the prayer is, is probably the most valuable, the most important, um, the consistent, you know, almost um, never ceasing throughout the day prayer, you know, and, and even like a daily uh account, um, you know, opening up with thanksgiving to God for the blessings and then account for those blessings, account for, you know, what, what he's done for you, what he's doing in you, what he's provided for you. Um, I think because you can start to recognize that those good attributes that you have, um, those things that you have that, that are, uh, God given, um, and the more you recognize those, um, the more appreciative you are of them, but then mm-hmm. also just that recognition. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, th- those are good things about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I know where they come from, and I know who I'm thanking, and I'm honoring him for those. Um, but uh, that that's a really important one. Um, I find myself that you know just having to interrupt myself in the middle mm-hmm. of the day um, to be like, 
Okay. No, no. Yeah. Sorry, God. Sorry. I'm going there with that. Help me. You know, um, which one do you think you struggle with the most? I know mine is I'd be happier. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I'm always having to call myself out on that, 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 um, comparison of looking around and going, man, if I had that, you know, cause I talked about coveting is a mix of jealousy with pride. Yeah. Coveting is, man, I'm jealous that that person has that. And if I had that, I would be so much better with mm-hmm. it or I would appreciate it more or I would do better, I'd do you know, more with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, uh, um, and that's what coveting is, is God, why did you give them that blessing? Mm-hmm. I deserve that blessing. Um, and I think, uh, I think the lie that I struggle with the most is I'd be happier if, if, yeah, if, yeah. and it's not true. No. Um, the, I'm not enough. Yeah. Is the one I think for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not enough. I, and I suppose you can kind of blend those two, you know, um, uh, I'm not good enough. Let's, let's stick with that. I'm not good enough. If I were better at this, then yeah, you know, yeah, you know, things would be. I'd be happier. You know, mm-hmm. um, probably that. Oh, way. I think all of them have little webs to yeah, each they're other, all interconnected, and you can see just how. I mean, it's like an avalanche. It's like I don't know a word, but it's like where you, maybe like a, a dam that you like pull one little. Stone, piece out yeah. and the water starts coming and then psh, another, 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 you know, like, and I, I think that's how it is with these. You cling to one and all of a sudden somehow the rest just follow yeah. and it just like is an avalanche and just hits you to where it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, we are, we're living in a time where we wake up and we have access to a view into somebody else's life. That's not real. Social media has, I mean, this is why it's so interesting. You look at the, some of the leaders of social media and they don't allow their kids on social media. And it's because they have done studies that have talked about that this generation, like we, we can't even imagine what's happened mentally in this generation, but mental health has plumped, like gone off a cliff Mm -hmm. in this social media generation. Um, and it is because it absolutely feeds into all these lies. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to listen to those lies and see why there's eating disorders, see why there's depression, mm-hmm. see why there's addiction, see why there's uh, just loss of hope mm-hmm. and, and suicidal tendencies. Yeah. Because you cling to these things and then you're surrounded by a fake world yeah. that tells you you are not enough. These people are happier than you. Um, these people, everything works out for them. And, you know, like, and all this kind of stuff. And you can see how social media just absolutely feeds into these lies. Yeah, and it's not, it's not unintentional either. No. Um, which, is, which is sad. Um, but do not be conformed right. to the ways of this world. Right. And it's interesting, you know, when we, when we have the Our City trip with the youth and we take their phones away. Yeah, yeah. Just how their countenance yeah. is so Changes. different. Yeah. Without being on social media for four days, just how differently they their attitudes are and their engagement is, you know? Yeah, real relationships.
relationships are formed there. Yeah. As a result, you know. Yeah. Good series, timely. Yeah. Um, very, very helpful. Um, glad. And that, three more weeks. Glad that we're doing it. You know? Yeah. And just like this, just like the last series, like boy, we can make a series out of each. Yeah. Week really. Yep. So nice work. A lot of good things coming up. Exciting things for Grace yeah. Hill. And uh, happy to be working alongside you. So thank you. Thank you. God bless. God bless.